Welcome to the Unshakable Habits Podcast. I am your host, Stephen Box. And tonight I have a guest with me who hit rock bottom. Uh, Some of you might be able to relate to this, was in a very serious relationship, was engaged to this person. And that relationship just suddenly and unexpectedly ended. And it brought his entire world crashing down. So today we're not just going to talk about what happened there, but we're actually going to talk about how that was something that he was able to, through one small action, start to climb back out of that and get back to the top of the mountain, so to speak. So we're going to dive in through that entire story. You're not going to want to miss it, and I'll come back and introduce you to him here in just a second. The Right Habits puts you in control of your health, relationships, mindset, and more. But most people lack the tools to stick with those habits long enough to see results. That is about to change. Welcome to the Unshakable Habits Podcast with your host, habit change specialist and speaker, Stephen Box. Join us each week as experts share their stories, experiences, and insights and give you the tools to build unshakable habits so you can live life on your terms. It's time to take your habits from unsustainable to unshakable. All right, welcome back. So for those of you who joining me on video, you can see that I am joined by my host, my guest tonight not my host i'm like i'm elevating you already man just already taking you to the next level got here <laughs> that's how we roll around man we build people up do i get paid for that no it's an it's, oh, it's okay. in a paid position sorry <laughs> <laughs> so yes i am joined by my uh guest jonathan johnson so jonathan first of all thanks for, for joining me man i really appreciate you being here yes steven thanks for that thanks for that uh, that promotion i appreciate that <laughs> hey that's what we do. It's we don't just take people from unsustainable to unshakable here. We also build them up. <laughs> Get some on the job training. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, your first question for me, co-host. <laughs> <laughs> Where are you calling from, caller? <laughs> oh man! So you have this, this really interesting story that I got a chance to hear when we did our pre-interview, where you were in this relationship. It seemed from the outside anyways, you you can tell us if it seemed this way from the inside too, but I know you said from the outside, it seemed absolutely perfect. It was the kind of relationship that everyone envied. And then just suddenly it it was gone. So take us through that a little bit. Yeah, it was from the outside and for the most part from the inside, a a relationship that everybody envied or in in one that I'd always aspired to have. And, um, we were the life of the party and we were everybody's friend and we were the host all the time and everybody wanted to be around us and we were traveling and having just so much fun and things were great. And as each of us were growing as individuals, unfortunately that created some distance in between us. And that distance was a a little deeper than I realized until the day that it was, it couldn't be spanned. And, and the relationship ended very suddenly, very unexpectedly. And that happens. And I've learned a lot from that. But at that point, I was unable to deal with that. I was unable to manage that and process it. And you mentioned rock bottom during the introduction. And looking back, was that really rock bottom? Who knows? But in that moment, it sure did feel like it. And my world shut down and I, 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 stopped, I stopped living, to tell you the truth. It feels silly and embarrassing now, but that's the truth of what happened. Yeah. Yeah. And I think, honestly, man, that's a normal reaction, right? When when we have an identity, when that one mm. thing is our entire identity and we lose it, it, it leaves you lost. Yeah. And for you, that was a relationship. For other people, it might be a lifestyle that's taken away from them by an injury Whatever the case is, when that thing that we identify as is taken away from us, I think going inward and just crashing is actually a pretty natural reaction. 
I think so too. And it presents an opportunity to redefine yourself, to clarify what's really important and to come out on the other side. And it's so easy to say it now in hindsight and two and a half years later, but it was messy and difficult in between. And you said the perfect word, identity. I identified with that. And without it, I did not know who I was, which turned out to be a very dangerous thing. Yeah. Um, I'm working hard right now on myself about learning who I am right now, still two and a half years later, working on that identity yeah. and working to love myself and working to put myself first. And what does that mean? What does yeah. that look like? Yeah. So you just hit a couple of really cool things there I want to point out to people. So first of all, I, I didn't mention this before, but this was like 2019. So just really a few years ago, it's not yeah. like this was 15 years ago. You haven't right. had this super long time to get your life together. It's only been a few years. So you've gone in that short window of time, relatively speaking, from what was just say rock bottom pretty much to where you are now, which is coaching people, helping people. But you also just were very honest and open and saying, hey, yes, I coach people, I help people, and I I can speak to this myself as a coach. You don't have to know everything to be able to help people. And I think so often we will get caught up in this idea that we need to know everything. We need to have it all figured out before we can move forward. Oh, yeah. Newsflash. (laughs) Good luck with that. (laughs) (laughs) When I started coaching, I I had this imposter syndrome for a long time. I wanted to do the work really bad. I had it in my heart. But I was like, who am I to be doing this? Yeah. Don't listen to me because I've effed up a lot, a lot of times. So. Yeah. <laughs> but what actually became more important was having the heart for it and the desire and learning that I didn't have to know everything. I had to be willing to listen, I had to be willing to lead and push, know which in which one was appropriate. Yeah. Some days I would have a realization on Wednesday and I'd be coaching it on Thursday. <laughs> Other days. I'd be learning in the moment with my client. Yeah. And that still happens. Still happens today. Yeah. I think that one thing that's really important for people to see is that this process of developing habits is not a one and done kind of thing. Mm -hmm. It's an ongoing process. It's going to happen forever and ever. And I think that's something that we don't necessarily see because a lot of times our goals that we set for ourselves are very short-term goals, right? So it's, what do I need to do to get to that next thing? Mm-hmm. And then it's, okay, I've gotten there. So this should now just be good. And that's not quite the way that it works. <laughs> or sometimes I create what I think is a timeline that's, that I'm going to stick to. And, I, and it makes sense on paper and math in, 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 in the universe or God or whatever it is you believe in like laughs at that and says, no, that timeline makes no sense to me. Good luck with that. Yeah. Hang on. Let me show you what's really about to happen. Yeah. It's, it's interesting because when you send me over your bio, there, there's a line in there that you said, little did I know. And we're going to talk about exactly what this thing is here in a second. (laughs) So so this is a teaser for people. They got to stay tuned to hear what it is now. (laughs) I don't even remember what I wrote. (laughs) Little did I know. It's a teaser for me too. It's a teaser for you too. Awesome. (laughs) But you actually said, at the time, I didn't realize it was the first step. Mm-hmm. And the reason that was powerful and the reason it stuck out to me was, I think that's where so many people are, where they feel like that first step that they need to take is humongous. They feel like they need to do something just crazy big to make this change. But what you did was really small. And you didn't even realize it. It wasn't, it never even occurred to you that, hey, this might be the thing that actually catapults me to the next level. That's not why you did it. You were just looking for some peace. Right. So we're going to dive into that a little bit. So before we do, I want to just give people a picture of where you actually were after all this. So this relationship has ended, life has fallen apart on you. 2020 is right around the corner. We all know what happened then. So take us through what your life looked like at that point up until that, until we get ready for that change. And then, then 
we'll pause there. Up until the change, oh man, up into the change, <laughs> what I remember is it, it seems like it was always dark. <laughs> I had isolated myself. COVID was a great convenient excuse to isolate myself. I, I wasn't going out. I wasn't seeing friends. I wasn't seeing family. I wasn't eating well. I was drinking way too much. And I wasn't doing anything to care for myself. There was no self-care, no self-love, no self-preservation, maybe some self-preservation. I was hanging on by a very thin thread as far as preservation goes. Um, yeah, that's, that's an interesting question. It just, I don't remember it ever being daytime there for a while. And I hated to go to bed and I hated to wake up. You just hit on something interesting. One of the things that one of my mentors actually taught me is that all behaviors are either an expression of who we are or an attempt to solve a problem. Yeah. And what you just said there was, you said there was none of this, none of that. Then you said there was no self-preservation. You said maybe a little bit. And and that's really what your problems are, your habits that you had at the time. That's what they were really doing. They were really just trying to solve a problem for you. And that problem was heartbreak. Yeah. And and they were poor attempts at solving my problem. But they were attempts. They they were self They were, I was going down all the wrong ways, but I was trying things out for sure. Yeah. Newsflash. It's usually always. Starts off as poor. <laughs> yeah. If you look up numbing and buffering, man, those were all me. I was doing all of them. <laughs> yeah. When you look at that, first of all, let's, let's actually share with people, what was that little thing that you started doing? And, and how did you come across it? Like, what even made that idea pop in your head? Uh, so I started meditating. And it was suggested to me from somebody else. And I didn't know anything about meditation. I didn't know what it meant, what was good about it, what was bad about it. But at that point I was searching for something so bad. I was just like, I will try anything. And they provided me a link to Deepak Chopra and Oprah Winfrey were doing a, I think like a 24 day meditation challenge. And so not only did I start, I dove in with both feet (laughs) uh, for 24 days. And uh, all of a sudden that became the most energetic and yet peaceful part of my day. Uh, And I looked forward to it and I, I would wake up and be ready for the next lesson and the next thought that they were providing in the next quiet time. And I started finding peace in my brain and peace in my heart. And after that, I couldn't get enough. I was, you know, ordering books and websites and listening to podcasts and just getting it wherever I could. Yeah. Now, I'm always curious to know the, the intimate details of things, right? Like, I want to know, like, what did it really look like? So day one, someone says to you, hey, Jonathan, you should meditate. Did you immediately go, yeah, that's a great idea? Or did you go, meditate? What? Why would I meditate? What's wrong with you? Somewhere in between, because although I didn't know much about it, there were people around me who I'd heard talk about it. So I had a little just conversational knowledge. I did not think it was going to connect with me. I did not think I would be sitting down right there in the very beginning for 20 minutes of time, which if you've never sat for 20 minutes quietly, that's a long dang time when you get started. And you get in touch with your your demons real fast. Uh, They use that time to come after you. Um, So it wasn't exactly pleasant, but there was something there. I was like, okay, this, there's something here that I'm curious about and I'm willing to stick this out for a little bit. So you talk about when you first started and how it was difficult. So when you first started, like how long would a meditation session last for you? Well, like literally, so these, we're talking like were, day one or two. Yeah, day one or two. I would because it was guided, and there was a, a process. It was about twenty minutes, and that that included 
an audible lesson that you're listening to, and then maybe eight to 10 minutes of truly sitting and, uh, and focusing on whatever the thought of the day was. So probably 10 minutes of a lesson, 10 minutes of, of actually quiet meditation. And that was not all I could handle. I was about to come out of my skin in those 10 minutes. Now I got to tell you, man, that right there already has future coach written all over it. Because you didn't try to do it on your own. You went out and like, oh, I'm going to get a guided meditation. I'm going to get some yeah. help. Right. Like you're not, you didn't just try to do it on your own. So, yeah, mm-hmm. so I, I can already see the seeds of, of coaching were already planted yeah. in your head yeah. early on. Yeah, no, I know what I don't know. I'm, I'm at least yeah. aware of that, but I don't know how to do this thing. And I'm curious enough to ask somebody to, to show me. Yeah. So as you went through it, one of the things that I talked about a lot in season one was the unshakable habits framework, which everything kind of starts with a vision and then you develop goals. And in order to achieve those goals, you have to develop certain skills. And in order to develop those skills, you have to take actions. So mm-hmm. for you, one of the skills that you were developing was meditation. And the vision that meditation was helping with was getting that sense of peace, that peace, that sense of calm that you didn't have in your life. So outside of just having the app, what were some of the, the daily actions that you took? Because let's be honest, it, it's cool to say my daily action was I listened to the app. But there's a lot of people who have apps on their phone that they haven't opened in a long time. There's lots of people who have checklists that they haven't marked off in a long time. There's a lot of people who say there's things they're going to do every day they don't do. What were your actions that helped you actually do that every day or however frequently you did it? So part of it was I needed, I needed some affirmation and some accountability. And the app actually provided that. So it was an electronic slash mechanical way of me getting my little shot of dopamine because I did this little thing and I got a little credit for it. But what's important behind that, behind the scenes, I think for me is the accountability. Yeah. And there was stats of other people doing it. So although they weren't sitting here with me, I had this team out there doing the same thing, experiencing the same. We had a shared experience simultaneously. Yeah. So I felt I had a, a bit of a tribe mm-hmm. on this journey with me. So you had, I'm just recapping for, for people who are listening to this especially if they may be in the car and they can't bullet point and write down notes right now. So the first thing you did was you went outside yourself. You looked for some kind of external thing to push you in the app, right? Right. And a lot of times I think we get told don't rely on external things. Like you have to develop an internal awareness and the internal desire. And while I agree that ultimately that's where we want to end up, you do have to sometimes start with the external influence and then work your way toward or the external influence and then you work your way internally. So you did that. You started off with the app and you used that as your motivation. The other thing is you had a community. You actually had other people who were there to support you. So some kind of Mm -hmm. a support system. I think those are both huge. And I think those are things that we don't sometimes look for because we just get caught up in, I have to do this myself our pride kind of gets in the way. For sure. And as, as men, we want to power through, right? Oh, I got this. I can do this. But when it comes down to it, we all need support. We all need help. And we can, we can get there faster if we have community and we have support. Yeah. You can go it alone and go far. Or I'm sorry, you go it alone and go fast. Or you can go far if you go with somebody. Yeah. And... Sometimes if you connect with the right people, you can go far and fast. Mm -hmm. So you started doing this, you started doing it every day. You started noticing a difference. And without even necessarily setting out to do it, your vision started to shift. So it just went from, I just want to have peace in my life. You started going, Hey, you know what? Maybe there's more for me. And, and so what was that next transformation piece for you? There's actually a little piece in between. So 
because now I was developing a routine, a schedule, my my daily routine just started shifting a little bit. Getting up at, on time where I could be right on schedule when the new meditation was released each day. I wanted to have it as soon as it came out. So I'd be the first thing on it. So that improved my sleep habits, which just led to me being a, a happier, more well-rested person. Then the next thing that came along was, man, it's all fuzzy how it all happened now. Next thing came along was somebody suggested that I be a coach yeah. because although things are getting the, the slightest, teeniest, tiniest bit, little better overall, they're still pretty crappy. And I was having a day where I was not in a good mood and I was talking to a friend and I was venting about work and I was venting about other things in life that were just ticking me off. And she said, out of the blue, Jonathan, you should be a coach. And I was like, I don't even know what that means. That's a terrible idea. Why, why in the world would anybody think I should do that? And uh, she and I had worked together for a long time. And she goes, no, you'd be really great at it. Okay, whatever. But for some reason, I latched onto that conversation and I started doing research. And as I tend to do, I watched all the YouTube videos I could find. I read all the websites I could find and I ordered a book. And I saw myself on every page of this book. I was like, man, that really is the guy that I am and that I, and that I want to be. So now I launch into coach studies and I start taking courses on, on what it means to be a coach, a life coach, a performance coach, an executive coach, a health and wellness coach. All these things have lots of overlap and the courses start off the same way. So I'm digging into that. But what I didn't realize was that I was coaching myself and I was getting coached by these amazing professionals. And so by me taking a step forward in what I thought I was doing for other people was also in this massive dose of medicine for myself. Mm -hmm. And so now I'm getting my heart and my head worked on with the meditation and the coaching studies going on simultaneously. So I'm getting this, this double uh, shot of medicine. Yeah, so backing up there a little bit. So you talk about how you were waking up and you're like, I have to be on this app as soon as the new one's released. As soon as the new meditation comes out, I have to get it. And so that drove you to sleep more, right? You got you started improving your sleep. Mm -hmm. Now, I want to draw this comparison here. When we started this conversation talked about how your identity was in this relationship and it was a seemingly perfect relationship and everything was great and at that point if someone were to ask you what else do you want in your life you probably would have said absolutely nothing that's i right. have everything i want that's right then that fell out your identity became whatever your thoughts were at that time right i'm a loser life's over whatever the case is whatever those inner thoughts that started happening for you in that moment, that started to become your identity. But there was a part of you that wasn't feeling that vibe. There was a part of you that was like, no, that's not who we are. And that's what pushed you to actually do the meditation when that was presented to you, right? Mm -hmm. That little voice in your head that goes, no, you should really try this. Once you started doing that, all of a sudden, you developed a new identity. You started seeing yourself as someone who was doing this thing. And doing that, it started to prompt you to look for er other areas that you can improve in your life. So you, now all of a sudden, your sleep starts to improve. Maybe you start eating a little bit better. So other little things start to change in your life. And then here you are. Things still aren't great. They're getting better, but they're still not great. And here comes this friend who possibly at the absolute worst time I've ever heard anybody share advice. <laughs> like, <laughs> you're in the middle of complaining about everything. And they're like, you should be a coach. You're like, what? <laughs> like, and what this even day, spurred that conversation about, right now? Her name is Sarah. And to this day, I still say, Sarah, I don't understand why in the world you threw that out in the middle of that particular conversation. And she doesn't either. And there's some magic about that that she had this intuition and said that, and I'm, I'm grateful for it. Yeah. You know, um, I, I don't know how, I don't know what your religious beliefs are for me. The way I always think of that is I have these experiences myself where I just 
feel compelled to tell people stuff that has absolutely nothing to do with the conversation we're having. Yeah. I don't think I've ever told anybody anything quite like that in that type of moment. But I think of them as they're God whispers. They're like God yeah. telling me to tell you something. And right. I don't know why. And even in hindsight, I can't explain to you why I said it. And that's so awesome that you honor that, that feeling and you don't hold it back. Cause I think, it's scary to, to voice that opinion and that, that intuitive hit and you don't know where it comes from and you're putting yourself at risk to say that you're risking embarrassing yourself or putting the other person in an awkward position or just being flat out wrong. Yeah. But to, to be strong enough in yourself to say that is beautiful. And, and not and being be attached to it. I've never wrong, thought about that way. <laughs> if, you're, if you're wrong, but you're not attached to it, you're like, ah, that's just felt the moment. No worries. Let's keep going. Yeah. It's like, yeah, whatever. <laughs> we'll figure it out. <laughs> it's kind of like coaching, right? You just, it, it, yeah, for it, sure. People think exactly that coaching like is coaching. like a, just a, a straightforward, like, here's the process, step by step, let's follow. It's like, that's not really what coaching is. Coaching is, is about really like getting in, in the weeds with people. It's about figuring things out on the fly. It's about trying stuff, getting feedback from the failure and moving forward. That's right. It's like life. Like life, a lot like life. Yeah. So, you this idea. a moment ago that landed with me too. Yeah. I, I was talking about, you were talking about how I was seeing myself changing just a little bit. But what I noticed in that time was that other people were seeing me change. In fact, other people were seeing me change more than I was seeing myself change. Yeah. I was getting lots of good feedback from my fr- friends and family. I didn't feel it. I didn't see it in myself, but good stuff was being reported to me about me. And I was like, I don't know what y'all are talking about. I don't know what you're seeing, but that just in hindsight, things were, were progressing and I, I was coming up out of my, out of my pit. So I'm glad you actually brought that up because that brings up an interesting question here. Do you feel that, you were having a hard time seeing these positive things because you were holding on to what you might've felt were past failures. I was holding on to them and I was replaying those stories in my head. And on many of them, I didn't want to let go. I didn't want to let go of the past. I did not want to let go of, sometimes I didn't want to let go of the pain. I wanted to sit in it and be with it. Yeah. And until I decided that it was okay and healthy and time to, to let go of it. I continued to be very stuck. Yeah. Uh, and that was, that was hard. That was one of the hardest things to do was to completely let go of it and come to this very present moment and stop remembering and dwelling on the past and retelling those stories. And as well as making up stories about the future. Yeah. So let's say that again for everybody. It wasn't, an app. It wasn't some sage piece of advice. It wasn't a course. It wasn't anything except you had to make a decision. Yes, all those other things helped lead to that decision. But at the end of the day, until you made that choice, nothing changed. And making the choice was huge. Were things better immediately? They weren't. But that was another turning point in the journey. Once you decide, once you decide, things start to fall in place. Yeah. I don't know how that works, but it, it does work. Yeah. I, I think so much of it is like mentally. We unlock our openness to what's next. Right? You don't necessarily need all the great things to happen. You just need one small thing. Let's think about like when you became a coach, you're only a couple years into your coaching journey, right? So you're still relatively new as a coach. I know when I was still relatively new as a coach, how much growing I had to do. I know how much growing I have to do now, even 10 plus years into it. So Mm -hmm. it's one of those things where you never stop. You're always developing the skills, but it's like you do something and then I think this is really where the shift happens. And you can tell me if this happened for you is the first time that you make a mistake. 
first time you actually do something wrong and you realize that you can learn from it and do better next time versus beating yourself up. For me, that's like where everything transformed for me. Oh, I mean, that's just, <laughs> that's huge. That's a sign of maturity. That's a sign of growth. What can I take from this situation? Uh, something I still do today after every coaching session, and I've taken it to other areas of my life is, what did I do good in that call? What did I do bad? And what would I do different next time? Yeah. I wish I could say I handled every coaching call perfectly, but I don't. And sometimes my mistakes are fabulous and they, t- they turn out so good and, and it leads to a, a great moment with the client. But other times I've stepped the wrong direction and said something I shouldn't, or there's just crickets on the other end. Yeah. Um, but I see that as an opportunity for growth on myself because I have so many more people that I want to share love with and share uh, my gifts and my talents and my experiences and help them on their path. That yeah. what can I learn from that? And how can I do better next time? Yeah. Yeah, I think it's so amazing that you're able to just be open and honest about that. Hey, look, you know what? I I don't get this always perfect. Because you talked earlier about having imposter syndrome, which, by the way, a couple weeks ago did an episode on imposter syndrome. I would suggest everybody go check it out. Check that one out. (laughs) Cheap cheap plug. Cheap plug. Back to my my co-host. Everybody tune that one in. (laughs) So one thing I will... You know, say with that is what you're expressing right there takes a lot of guts, right? You're like, hey, I'm a coach, right? Ideally, you would hope that people who are listening to this by the end of this interview go, you know what? Jonathan really gets me. I relate to his story. I really can see myself. I'm walking in his shoes. I feel like he can help me. I would love to hire him as a coach. And a lot of times when we feel that way, it can be very scary to go, Hey, you know what? I don't always get it right because we're afraid that people are going to hear. I don't know what I'm doing. and I'm incompetent. But the truth of the matter is we're humans, too. And that's what makes coaching so valuable. If you just go to somebody and they just give you literally a template to follow, that's not coaching. That's a course. (laughs) And, And that course may or may not fit your specific needs. And as a coach, I don't have a template. I don't have a book. Everything is happening in live, real time with a client. Maybe they've sent me a, an email or a text of what we're going to be working on that day. Mm-hmm. But that rarely happens. Usually we're in the moment. Now, if it's a corporate client, if it's an executive client, we do have a bit of a more of a structured plan laid out that we're working on executive yeah. presence or we're working on some kind of strategy. But yeah. on the personal development men's work, Man, it's seat of our pants, which is a lot of fun. <laughs> but yeah. there's room for a it's very wide in there sometimes. Yeah. Yeah. And the thing is, so just so that this is clear, because I want to make sure that no one misunderstands this, it's not that there's anything wrong with having a plan. Plans are great. Yeah. It's when the plan is literally okay, do step one, do step two, do step three, and there's no room for maneuverability. Like that's where you get into trouble. One, one thing I think that people hear, when they hear unshakable habits, they think, oh, this is going to be a habit that I just, I put in place and then it never changes. The thing that actually makes habits unshakable is their flexibility. So your habit with the meditation app, right? You were up, as soon as it came out, you were listening to it. Mm-hmm. What happened if all of a sudden you were in a position where you couldn't listen to it the moment it released, and now maybe you got pushed that further in the day. Now, all of a sudden, you start getting busy. Things happen. You end up missing a couple of days here or there. You fall out of your routine, and now all of a sudden, you're not listening to your meditation app anymore. But if it's an unshakable habit, you've got the flexibility that whether you get to listen to it when it first came out or six hours later – because it's something that is locked in that you're going to do it that day, you will find a place to fit it in. It's actually the flexibility of that habit that makes it unshakable. Not just the fact that you do it, but the fact that you find ways to make it happen no matter what. And what's coming to mind is, is uh, flexibility and adaptability because sometimes I don't do the app. 
Sometimes I sit on my own, have my own topic, or sometimes I go to a group meditation. If you're dieting, sometimes you're going to go out to dinner with some friends and some family, and you have to adjust your diet to there. Or your kitchen doesn't have the supplies you need that night. Well, you just can't eat the ice cream. But if you have the habit of being healthy and what that means to you and what your bigger vision is, then you find a way to still bring it in. And the habit becomes more of a lifestyle. And it's actually easier that way because you're not so constrained. When you start getting those constraints around you, you are going to, I, I am going to revolt against that. And I'm going to break those strains, those bonds. So knowing how I can operate inside my habits, whatever they are, gives me more power with them, not less. I, I do appreciate the fact that you, you, you follow that speaker rule of not making assumptions about the audience and pulling it back to yourself. But I think yeah. we can probably assume that at least 98% of us <laughs> do in fact rebel against being told to do it. <laughs> it's, it's a pretty, it's a pretty, it's pretty solid window across the board. I think most of yeah. us do it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So when, when you, when you started coaching, so talk about what did this process actually look like for you? So you've, you started with the, the meditation app. Mm-hmm. You, you had that kind of developed the the habits, right? That got you into the routine of being consistent. And one of the things that I like to talk to people a lot about is the idea of deep health and how different areas of our life are interconnected. Your physical, your mental, your emotional, your relationships, all that stuff's kind of interconnected. And so you started experiencing that with the meditation, which was more of a mental existential type of health and right. then that started to impact your physical health and the way of your sleep and then i know later on eventually led to you also going through a physical transformation mm-hmm. where you consistently worked out for like an entire year and then obviously the other part of it mindset your mental health there really I'm sure played a big part in the coaching progress. Uh, so going through that, going from that first step of going be a coach, that's a terrible idea (laughs) to, Hey, you know what? Actually, this makes a lot of sense. Right. So there was a progress there. And then after you decided to become a coach, obviously you had to build up the skills. And like you said, that's where the courses and the books and mentors and all that good stuff comes in to develop Mm -hmm. those skills. So you really went through this entire cycle of different areas of your health. And I think so often we think about health, we think about it strictly. Oh, I exercise and I eat healthy. And it's so much more to our health than just that. Yeah. When you think of a whole person, there are so many facets, as you're saying, Stephen, to our, to who we are and to our health. So there's emotional and physical and, and uh, spiritual health. And those are the things that each little step that I took was, for, I don't know why it happened that way, but it was each step was one of those. And the next step would be another. And then I came back and one day I was able to have this kind of meta view and uh, found a way to start integrating all those together. Yeah. Um, and then I was able to look back and like, wow, I've been making all this progress. I didn't even realize it. And I'm a healthier, happier person much more well-rounded than I ever expected to be. Yeah. So in terms of the the people that you coach now, do you mostly just coach guys or do you coach both men and women? That's funny. I set out to coach just guys, but it's pretty evenly dispersed. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's funny because I actually had the same experience where at one point I was really focused in on guys. And then you realize that guys don't like to ask for help. <laughs> <laughs> so it can be harder to get enough clients when you're only focused on guys because they don't like to ask for help. Um, guys, that's true. Don't, don't be, don't be mad at us. <laughs> uh, but, but women are, are way more open and they're way more coachable. And so you end up just, you do end up coaching both. But I, I wanted to get, just get some clarification for that for anybody who's wondering, because I know you mentioned earlier some of the guys that you coach. I just wanted to get a, a clarification there. Oh, yeah. So. Um, when I was going through my hard times, my coach, my he was my coach and then became my mentor coach. The the lessons he was teaching me and the skills he was giving me and the cathartic moments I was having 
just as a man and put mm-hmm. myself out there, I was like, man, where I come from, we don't talk like this and, and we don't have these emotions flowing out of us. But I was feeling the power of it. And I said, I need to share this with other men. They, I see the need for this. I want to be able to give this. And so I went down that path of doing men's work and somatic work with guys, uh, helping them get in touch with their body and their feelings. And I have a huge passion for that. And I love that. And I, as you're saying, you know, the women, it's a different experience coaching with a woman. And it's a really, for me, just from a satisfaction point of view, it's actually more satisfying to have both because the, the different experiences I get feed me as well and teach me new things about myself and new tools that I can bring out to, to support other guys. Think about that conversation we were just having about deep health. I, I'd love to hear a little bit about the clients that you're working with. How does how do you see that playing out in their lives with your coaching? Deep health. I, I want to step back to where I said whole person a moment ago. Yeah. Regardless of what topic they bring to the table, I always have them break it down to tell me what you're experiencing right now in your body. Tell me what you're experiencing in your emotion and tell me what you're experiencing in your mind. And when they're new with me, they think that's all the same answer. But when we've been working together for a while. They know and they've learned that those are, can be very distinct answers. Yeah. And each your body can have multiple answers and your mind can have multiple answers and your emotions can have multiple answers. And they may not all align with one another. But we work on separating all those out and then bringing them together. At the same time, like just today, right before this call, I was on a, a coaching call and I'm experimenting with coaching in motion. And so me and my client were out on a walk together and we walked and got out in nature and got our bodies moving and the experience completely changes when we're out sweating. Yeah. I'm in the deep South. It's hot outside already. So we're out moving, sweating, but she experienced new emotions and new realizations that she didn't get when she's sitting on the couch talking to me. Where were you located at? I am in Lillian, Alabama. So I'm on the Gulf Coast. Okay. I'm familiar with the, uh, the beach. Yeah, I'm, I'm actually familiar with the uh, Gulf Coast. I'm from Pensacola. So I live in oh. Atlanta right now. So, yes, okay. well, deep south, blazing yeah, hot man. outside. Totally there right with you. The <laughs> <laughs> totally there for you, with you. So, if you can give me an example here, so so you asked those three questions and you said like they can be three different answers. So can you give me a example of maybe a recent client conversation or it can be a completely fictitious client or didn't matter, but just give us an idea of what those answers might look like for someone. How about I do me? I'll tell you how I'm feeling right now. Okay. So my back hurts. And my feet are sweaty. My mind is racing right now. My emotion is curious and calm. And so as a coach, I would say, tell me about your mind racing right now. What's, how was not tell me what you're thinking about, not tell me why it's racing, but how's that impacting you? Yeah. What's important about saying that? And how can your mind be racing, but your emotion be calm? Those are very different. Yeah. Right. And so my mind is racing as I'm sitting here talking to you on this call and I'm trying to keep up with our conversation, but emotionally I'm really feel comfortable with you. Yeah. You know, so that's, and my feet are hot because I went on that long walk outside a little <laughs> while ago. <laughs> so that's how all those go together. And and I'm not wrapped up in a challenge right now, but had I come into a call with you and, and I was struggling with something in my life, I could be very distraught and picking those emotions apart might help me start to identify what I'm really, what my challenge really is. Yeah. Because uh, at first it can seem that there's no way to, to dig into it. So we start yeah. finding out what do we know? So, so I love this exercise for people. So if, if you don't mind, can you repeat those three questions for anybody who maybe wants to write them down and use those? Themselves? Yeah. 
And, uh, and Stephen, I often start a coaching call with this and I'll do it again at the very end. I'll book in a coaching call with it. And it's, what is your, well, I say my mind is, my spirit is, and my emotion is. Yeah. Or maybe are, you can say are because you might have multiple answers. And then not every time, but sometimes if I sense it, I'll say, now let's go even bigger. If you go even bigger and say, spirit my spirit is so what's the one big thing that encompasses all of you right now yeah and then often when i ask again at the end of the coaching session the answers are very very different they've gone through some kind of change they've had i don't like the word breakthrough we'll call it a breakthrough though they've had some kind of breakthrough some kind of understanding for themselves and the situation is still there, but their understanding of it has shifted. Their perception has shifted. Yeah. Yeah. I like that. I like that word of, of shift. So often we think we need to change things. And oftentimes it's just a small shift. Small shift. Yeah. We really need. Yeah. I mean, and looking back at your story, you had you know this moment where things are at their worst somebody comes along and says hey you should try meditation and you had a small shift of kind of life is over everything i identify with is gone to maybe this will help that's all it was was a slight shift in mindset to maybe just maybe, maybe, because I was grasping at straws, right? Like, oh, what the heck? Couldn't be any worse. <laughs> so we're not even talking about a big shift. This is like the smallest of shifts, right? This is yeah. just, this is, we at least went from there is no hope to there is a sliver of hope, maybe. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's, I, I wanted to highlight that for people because I want people to see it. No matter where you are right now. You don't have to get to the top of the mountain. You don't have to be the best of the best. You just have to take even the slightest shift in direction. Then, once you've made that shift, you can take a breath right there and look around and decide, where do I shift to now? Or where do I step now? Where do I leap now? But you you have the freedom and the right to stand there and reevaluate and then take another step. You don't have to have the whole roadmap laid out. You don't have to know how to do the whole mountain at once. Yeah. Because you don't know what you're going to see when you move forward. And the things you want might change. You might take a step forward and see something you've never seen before. Be like, yeah. oh, I thought I wanted that over there, but what I really want is to climb that peak. And then you go see what's over there. Yeah. There's a analogy that I really like that I think, Highlights what you just said there. Think about a boxer or or kickboxer, either one. You have your stance. You're in this stance. Someone throws a punch at you. You have two options, right? Number one, you can just, with your upper body, just roll with that punch, dodge it. Mm -hmm. And you're still in a position, that slight shift in your body to make the punch miss. You're still in position to counterpunch or you can take a big step back get out of position take your lower body from where it was your stability your core you can move it and now if you try to throw a counterpunch it's not going to have any weight behind it yeah and you're off balance and you're out of position yep. because boxing is what it's all in the footwork yep and, and i just i think that's a great metaphor for yep. what our conversation here is it's because we're not talking about flipping your entire life upside down. Right. Mm-hmm. You didn't wake up one day and go, you know what? I need to change everything. I'm going to start going to bed at this time and I'm going to get wake up and I'm going to drink raw eggs and chase chickens. And sorry, I've been watching Rocky movies. <laughs> and, and you know what? Like, unshakable habits. If, if you do that, you have, you're, you're going to fail. If, if you turn your life upside down, you're not going to be able to hang on. Is, is, no matter how dedicated you think you are, you can't sustain that. No, you can't. You're absolutely 100%. <laughs> you cannot sustain it. And you'll burn it. You'll burn real hot for a while, but it's not going to yeah. last. Yeah. Man, 
think we dropped some real gems on people today, man. Definitely appreciate you you coming. If you would just take a second here and share with people how they can get a hold of you, whether they want you know coaching with you or whatever the whatever else you might have to offer them. If you can just take a second to share that with people. Yeah, thank you. I appreciate that. You can find me online at jonathanjohnsoncoaching.com. You can book an appointment with me there. It's a free call just for us to talk and get to know each other. You can find me on LinkedIn at Jonathan M. Johnson on LinkedIn. And shoot me a private message there and I'm happy to chat. Just connect and see what you're about and what you're going through. And let's get to know each other and see where that goes. Awesome. Awesome. Again, Jonathan, appreciate you coming today. Uh, appreciate you sharing your story with us. Uh, letting us dig into some of that, that, that stuff yeah. and, and really get down to the nitty gritty and, and look at not just the surface level of what changed, but actually really getting down into some of the mechanics of it and helping people hopefully walk away with something today. Uh, a couple of things they can walk away with. If nothing else, I hope everybody wrote down those three questions. Matter of fact, I'm going to ask you to repeat those one more time for people yeah. just because they need those questions in their life. Yeah. Ask them to yourself, experiment, ask them to your, ask them to your partner or your friend and just see what they say. They're going to look at you really funny, but ask them anyway. My, my body is, my mind is, my emotion is, and if you're really brave, ask them about their spirit. And they're going to look at you really funny when you ask them that. And, and, and you may need to specify for some people that it's not spirit animal. Just It might be their spirit animal. That's That would be great. What a great <laughs> conversation you could have. <laughs> All answers are valid. Awesome, man. I love it. Well, again, man, appreciate you coming. And just want to remind everyone, make sure you tune in next week. If you want to be a part of these conversations live, then go and find Unshakable Habits on Facebook and join the Unshakable Habits Lab. It is our free Facebook group. And if you come join us live, you get an opportunity to ask some Q&A afterwards uh, of our guest. It's a cool little benefit there. But otherwise, these do post on our Buzzsprout account, which goes out to all the major podcasts platforms and soon we'll be posting them on youtube as well so make sure you check it out uh, this is Stephen box reminding you that none of us are born unshakable but all of us have the ability to become unshakable